0: gotta the
1: strongest soldier so it's never over even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure even on the days you're moving slow and can't seem to focus you were meant for greatness and you know it you just got to show it know you question life a couple times but it's okay you wrong know you got to read between the lines but it's okay you on it know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes all you ever do is smile cuz they make you work welcome kings and queens to One Sick
2: B I am your host One Sick B here at One Sick B we don't cry we th- Dry. We don't whine, we whine. Shout out to Black Girl Magic Wine, made by the McBride sisters. Remember the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at them without warning, but we refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest called Holistic Managing MS. I was blessed with this interview. Her name is Megan. Um, Hello, Megan. How are you today?
0: I am doing great. It is an honor to be here. And I I give thanks for the opportunity to do this interview.
2: Oh, man, I appreciate Megan even more. Um, Going on this interview, uh, Pond, before I asked, I knew Megan had MS, but I didn't know that she, here I am getting ready to be a 20-year that in the game, I've been around people, usually I'm the person who has had the most of my, but today, Megan has been blessed uh, to fight uh, this unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at us without warning, but we refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness for 27 years. She was diagnosed at MS, uh, At diagnosed um, at 27. But first of all, hey, Megan, how are you doing today and how have you been doing during COVID?
0: Hey, I am so grateful for what COVID has taught me. And Mm -hmm. um, it's been an eye opener for the simple fact that COVID was what caused me to say, you need to get your shit together. Excuse my mm. language no, because you're I, good. I, I always been familiar with I, I, my background is naturopathic health. I worked okay. at wellness centers. I work under a naturopathic doctor. so I mm. knew what I knew how the body healed holistically. What I did also know too is what I wasn't doing to support my body. i got I got lazy. So COVID was the one that kind of kind of checked me on the shoulder and was like, "Look, you need to get your act together and get it together quickly." So yeah. COVID COVID was a blessing in disguise for me, if that makes sense. And I I Whoa. hope that doesn't Whoa. sound offensive, I, yeah. but it it caused me to get back on track. It's because yeah. of COVID.
2: You know that I agree. Uh, it, I definitely understand what you said. Uh, being a blessing and a blessing and a curse at the same time, because um, I, I, I took some losses, but I also gained a lot and also learned a lot. So, um, like you said, those lessons that we learned or, um, those blessings that were created out of, out of this craziness that's going on in the world. We are, you know, we have, uh, COVID going on and, you know, we have to pray for people who are in Afghanistan. You don't yeah.
0: uh, think
2: about how thankful you are to li- live in America until you see the tragedies that they're going through just to fight to live. So, um, blessings to them uh, there. Absolutely. Definitely yeah. best. So let's get into it. Um, uh, Megan, you were diagnosed at 27, but can you start back to when you were diagnosed, even before you were diagnosed, um, if you had any pre-symptoms and just get started and tell your story.
0: Wow, I sure can. So my first major attack was at 19, where I became, I, uh, I became gradually numb from the chest down. Um, my parents didn't, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know why I was experiencing this and so they was taking me to all these doctors that and they was running all these tests all the tests was coming back normal and they kept telling me that it was stress and so basically i was going to school full-time i had two jobs and they was like you're doing too much and so this is just stress related and it didn't make sense to us at the time but it was like if everything is coming back fine then that's what we're going to go with and Prior to that, um, as, a, as a teenager, um, like adolescent, I would always trip and fall. They used to clown me because I was so clumsy. So my family would just literally, you know, there she go falling again. Like, what? how are you going to trip over nothing? Because I would literally trip over nothing. Oh, I understand. So they was like, yeah, it, it, it became. It became a joke, but we didn't know at the time that it was MS. I had pediatric MS. I didn't know it then, but in looking at back, hindsight, that's what it was. Because yes. at 19, for me to have that major relapse, yes. what that told me is that there were things brewing and simmering underneath for a minute. So, yeah, uh, fast forward 19, I, again, um, we're dealing with the numbness, not knowing what it was, you know, everyone just praying for me and like, okay, we, you're going to have to, you know, stop school, put some jobs. And I made all these adjustments and eventually I got better. So once I started getting better, then we kind of looked to it as that being stress. It was stress Mm -hmm. that was causing all that, not knowing then that it was MS. And then periodically, fast forward, periodically throughout the years, I would have these episodes um, or these MS attacks. That's what they were. But because of the fact I already had in my mind the connection between stress and MS, or not MS, but stress and these episodes, I always said it was stress. And I would just kind of dial it back because I was always a busybody. But I would always, let me just dial it back, slow down, pump the brakes. Until I got better. So 27 after I had my son and went blind in one eye is when I got the official diagnosis. And then once they told me I was upset, I was angry, but I was relieved at the same time. Because I'm like, okay, at least I I knew I wasn't crazy either. I knew because what they was able to do is see what they was able to visually see the 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 tripping and the numbness from time to time but what they didn't see is what i was battling on a daily basis that i didn't talk about you know i i I didn't talk about the fatigue i didn't and and this fatigue that people just kind of you know just to kind of describe it this fatigue is this is a different level of you just waking up tired because you didn't get enough sleep and yeah. it's 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 kind of hard to explain it unless you've experienced it. But it's like, if you still wake up and you push on because you know you got to do what you got to do for the day, to everyone else, everything looks fine, especially if you slap that smile on your face, which you know, I, if, I perfected it.
2: Yes. I perfected uh, it's it, interesting you know? that you had said that because um, shout out to my homegirl, Tanya, she has MS and she called me and she said, do you know that thing she was like, I said, I'm tired. Everybody else is like, oh, I understand. I'm real tired too. She said, mm-hmm. no, do you know what it feels like to be tired? And then on top of it feel like an elephant is sitting on your body, but you still have to walk? Yeah. And I was like, hmm, because the elephant probably weighs a ton and that's yeah. exactly how it feels. And that's a, you know, I, told her, I said, that's the good one. So that's I, a great analogy. Yes. I was like, okay. So, uh, and it literally, I had to think about it. Like, yes, you just think of how much an elephant really will weigh and then you carrying that on your shoulders and still having to make it through the day and smile and pose and put up this big facade. So yes, fatigue. Um, now you said that you went all this time and, and you said the test results were fine. Did they, uh, were you getting MRIs? Um, did they ever try a spinal tap or, uh, you know, what, what other uh, medical practices did they use to, to help you try to diagnose it? Because they were saying they didn't see anything. So what tests were they doing at the time?
0: So when I was 19, I remember them basically, um, I remember being in some type of tunnel. I think it was an MRI, but I wasn't sure. But I'm yeah. thinking that it wasn't an MRI because if it was, some lesions should have shown up. But they, of course, they, you know, they did the blood work. They did, um, they wanted to check my whatever levels. Um, They also did, like, they wanted, they also wanted me to do physical therapy. My parents was like, no, because if you don't, what are we doing physical therapy for? If you can't tell me what we're doing physical therapy for, then they wanted the reason. At the time, they weren't able to give me a reason. So I don't think that, um, my parents knew what all to do or where to take me to even try to figure out what's going on. We was just kind of starting with my primary, who basically sent me to have some lab work and some d- additional stuff done, but I don't think it was an MRI. I My right. memory, I'm 46 now, so I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I really don't. Honey, she does
2: not, not look forty-six. Okay, people, yeah. you cannot see her. This mm-hmm. babe does not look forty-six.
0: All right. Thank you, thank you. But
2: You're yeah, awesome.
0: it was it was after I had my son that I did the whole testing, it, and that, basically, my doctor referred me to an optometrist, who referred me to an ophthalmologist, who mm-hmm. then referred me to a neurologist. Who told me? Okay, this sounds like MS. Let's do these series of tests, and then I got the confirmation.
2: Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I was gonna say, do you have to use any uh, a cane, a walker, a wheelchair?
0: From time to time, I have to use a cane, and then for my first time, and it's so funny because my answer would say yes. But my ego would say no. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let me explain. (laughs) Let me explain because it's like I know that I would need assistance, but my pride sometimes won't even allow me to be like, you know what? I'm gonna take this with me out in public. That was before. Now I don't care. I whip it. I whip it out so quick it is what it is. It's like, if this is going to help support me to get from point A to point B, then I'm, I'm, I'm for it. And I think the biggest thing for me is when my almost recent vacation to Orlando, Florida, I rented a scooter and I was proud of it.
2: Right there. That's VIP.
0: (laughs) That's VIP. I
2: have, I have a scooter. Um, I keep, uh, I keep in my, in my car, my vehicle. And, uh, I always, honey, I'm trying to tell you, I fly, I fly through the mall, the kids and my friends are like, you can slow down. I'm like, no, you got good legs. You need to keep (laughs) walking past. You know, during COVID, we went to the mall one day and uh, I remember we, you know, the tables, you know, had wiped off and you get the chairs. And so I went to the table, wiped off the table, and I turned my scooter, my chair, my scooter around, and I was like, oh. So you guys have to find some word if you got to find a chair. See, I already brought mine, and mine is already sanitized. I've never, you know, I I did a post about it. I feel like I'm VIP. I I knew I was somebody because, you know, when I was little, I knew I was going to be somebody great. But um, I was going to say, but now with that VIP, that blue parking pass, I tell people, like, you read, you're temporary. No, you're official if you have a blue. Certified handicapped parking, jazz. You're not. You're not certified.
1: You're not certified
2: until you, you get the blue badge. So let's um, let's talk about um, what medications, or should I say, how do I believe in medical marijuana. I believe in the practice and the health of it. Some people are against it. Some people are for it. How do you feel about um, this topic that people are so big up in the air about?
0: You know what? And here's the deal there, especially in the MS community, and you probably um, experienced this as well. It's almost like there's this line in the sand. You have those people that are like pretty much no meds. I'm going to do everything naturally. And then you got the people that like, I need meds to help me deal with this. I fall in the middle. I've been on both sides of that thing and I feel like it's not fair. I mean, this whole, this sense of judgment that occurs Mm -hmm. between the two, it's very divisive and I'm like, it's not even necessary because the number one main objective is for us to heal and live our best lives with this thing, whether it's, and different people need different levels of support and that's okay, that's okay. I have had to take DMDs, and DMDs are, of course, disease-modifying drugs, and there are times that I have not had to take them. Right okay. now, I don't have to take it. Does that mean that I feel great? Yes. No. I still deal right. with symptoms, but I'm choosing at this point to deal with handle the symptoms that I do have naturally. If it gets to the point where it gets out of hand, or if I get tested right. and I got a... My lesion right. load is up here. I'm yeah. like, okay, Nope. I need to do something else in order to bring that down. I need to incorporate something else in my arsenal to help yeah. support my body to reduce that. Yes. You know, yeah. so I, 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 I've I been on both sides of the coin, if that makes sense. And matter of fact, to kind of, to give you a little background, because, my, because of the fact that I was, naturally managing MS for the longest that when I had my first major attack and I could hardly walk, my mom had to fly down to help take care of me and my family. And she 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 basically sat me down and was like, look, I know you all gung-ho about naturopathic medicine and health and like, but you gotta realize that God heals in different ways the way that healing looks varies from person to person. You Mm -hmm. don't get to dictate what that path looks like for you. Right. And that was kind of like, and and I think in that that conversation, it caused me to realize how judgmental I was and Mm. how that mindset was only Mm. hurting me. It was hurt me the most because here it is i'm the one that's suffering because in my mind oh i'm not going to do that because that's western medicine i don't right. i am I'm, I'm not going to be um it's either this or that because sometimes right. it's both you know
2: yeah that's that. Um, i think she uh gave me some great advice because uh, yeah for each person that varies. um uh, so i i uh, got diagnosed at a young age so I have been on all the the Avanex, the Beta Seron, mm-hmm. the Copax, yeah. the uh, Gilenya pills, and now I'm on Ocrevus. Um, I have PPMS, so um, only like ten to fifteen percent of people with MS have PPMS, and it varies on how it uh, how it can treat you or your body. And I always have. Not small attacks, may you know, may and they're not considered flare ups, uh, because with TPMS, it's just like basically that's just the way life is, type of thing. Like, you right, know, so it's a flare up, you know, it's flaring up at the time, it goes back down. But you know, what I the thing that the doctor told me one day once he said, You know, you'll never walk again. And I told him, Everybody can believe in something, dear, some of our spiritual, some people are religious. But I told him, I'm gonna have a talk with God and we'll see what God says, and then. Uh, after a year I started walking again and he was like oh I'm this medicine it's working so well and I'm like I took a step back and I told him I said this medicine I said you think it's this medicine I said I think it was God I said because there's people I know that are on this medicine and they're not out there wheelchairs they're not out there walkers yet I said you know maybe God has a different plan for everybody I don't know so that's the reason why I started One Sick B because I've been thriving 20 years doing it and it was juicing out multiple sclerosis, but it wasn't, they didn't diagnose me. I had the, like you said, the tripping of the feed, this, the weak bladder. I had all those at a young age. So, um, uh, I, when you're diagnosed at a young age or you're going through those things, or you have these symptoms at age and you don't know what's going on, you know, you just figure it out. And, uh, like you said, rather it was, I tried the, you know, you try the apnex, you try the beta serum, but let's get into, um, before I get into this holistic living style, because you guys, she was making salary juice and I'm over there like, is she going to throw a green apple in there for the better the taste or, you know, whatever. But first, let me ask you, um, how did um, the people around you, how were the people around you? You said you had support. And uh, if you had a spouse or if you even had your kids, how that process been raising children uh, with multiple sclerosis? Um, my daughter is now 20, my son is um 19 and uh they've seen me through this journey how has it been for you and your how has it been for so how have your family your friends or like i said how have the children been with uh you being because you've had
0: it for 27 years so my extended my immediate family has always been supportive um more so my husband than anything. When I first got diagnosed with um, MS, uh, it was right after my son was born and we was recently married so much so I gave him a pass. I was like, look, if you want to leave, I get it because you ain't signed up for this. I don't know what this journey's going to look like, but if you walk no hard feelings. I get it. He looked at me like I'm crazy. And he's like, okay, I'm in it. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it together. And we did. My pushback, a lot of my pushback came from my extended family because initially I decided that I was not going to take meds. I was going to handle it holistically because they wanted to put me at the time, I think they wanted to put me on Avonex. And then that would have meant that I wouldn't have been able to nurse my child. I said, no, Mm -hmm. there's like, they told me, they was like, you're crazy. You're going to end up like Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. For those who don't know, it's the famous comedian that he I dealt with the mess. It. Yes, uh-huh. they told me they was like, "They man, I got dragged. I got, I, I got dragged by my extended family." So it was kind of like, "Well, you know, again, my body, my choice. I get to choose how I'm going to do this with my children." I, I instead of me. And right now they're, my son's 19. My daughter's getting ready to turn 16 at the end of the, um, in September. Okay. I I purposely raised them to be independent with me, not knowing how this disease was going to play out. They needed how they needed to know how to do most things, especially as it relates to the household. And I taught them at a young age. They yes. had, I, I had to, because it's like, I, mean. don't, I don't know how this is going to play out with so me. Y'all need to know how to, yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. So uh, with that, th- there's become, that they, they automatically have a sense of independence that I kind of missed as a parent because I wasn't that typical parent in that I, I didn't coddle them. It's like I had to prepare them for what may possibly be. Yes. Didn't didn't know what it was, didn't know what it was gonna be, but I knew I had to prepare them for it. So y'all gotta, y'all gotta know how to cook. Y'all gotta know, yes. know how to wash the laundry. Y'all gotta know yes. how to clean. My son was out back here. You gotta know how to cut this grass. It's like,
2: <laughs> yeah, know. no, like that was, I, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I, even though I had my kids young, I've always raised them to be able. Since the young age, you got to know how to even when you're younger, you're five or six, you got to know how to make a sandwich. You got to know yeah. how to and then move on up from there, because I didn't know what tomorrow had in store for me. But I wanted them to know how to be able to handle it. I remember like teaching the money management young because I'm like, well, you know, something happened. I'm not saying that they do now. They kid. So they so it's kind of I, I did the independent side. And then on the other side, I thought that I was making them so independent. And on that factor, but um, on the, inside, the other side of it, I spoiled them because they act spoiled and entitled too. And I'm thinking like, that's not how you were raised. I know darn, yeah. man, who were you raised by? Cause I was not raised, I didn't raise you this way, but that also just um, makes me reflect that um, when I thought I wasn't giving them enough the coddle and bottle and, that I was at the same time, you know? yeah. So. We know that we do, you know, and I know exactly preparing you prepare them for the worst. That way you, you know, you want them to be able to be able to take care of themselves regardless.
0: Right, right.
2: Exactly. So let's, so let's get into um this holistic living. I want you to um talk about a uh, holistic managing MS.
0: Yes. So um holistically managing MS. And a lot of people think that the MS stands for multiple sclerosis. It no. does, but it also it stands for uh, no. Megan Stacy. My middle name yes. is Stacy. So MS is Megan Stacy. Guess what? Megan Stacy has. Megan Stacy has to holistically manage my spirit. Mm. Megan has has to also holistically manage her mindset. Yes. Without Same the mindset, think. if you don't have a certain mindset to do what you need to support yourself, you're going to be the one that suffers. I yes. had to come to that realization. So basically the essence of me was holistically managing my mindset, my spirit first, and then my mindset. Because even if you know how, you know, you hear people say, okay, my heart was right. God knows what's in my heart. But if your actions don't show, if your actions don't show that, then you have nothing, you don't, you ain't coming with receipts. And so that's what I had to realize that, okay, I know I want to do, I know how I'm supposed to live, but I'm not doing it. And so this is what I do now. This is what my life looks like now, because I've made the promise to support my spirit, myself, and I'm going to do it through my actions and my mindset. So- I become, I've developed a wellness plan and my wellness plan looks different from the next person based on what I need. So what I know that I need is first, I know that my diet has got to be a certain way. When I eat certain, when I eat certain foods, I become more symptomatic. What that looks like is pretty much no dairy, no gluten, pretty much I keep my sugar at very minimum. Um, I eat very, very little meat. It's mostly plant-based. I do eat fish and salmon. Um, It's pretty much whole, unprocessed foods. My body doesn't do good with a lot of processed chemical foods, as with most people, as with most people. But the thing about it is that they don't realize how much better that they feel until they no longer eat it. So my challenge is always, especially in my, um, my Facebook, group, Facebook group, give yourself 30 days. If you can give yourself 30 days without these certain things and track how you feel, I promise you there's going to be a difference.
2: I know it. I might take on that challenge because I'm going to be honest, like I said, since I have been... Um, I got a diet, like I said, since I got a diet on I 17. I'm going to be honest, and I say this, I'm amazed by the people that I interview with on the way that they're changing their diet, because I used to say, if I'm going to go through all this, excuse my language for those who are cousins, but if I'm going to go through all this shit, I'd be damned if I can't have what I want. My candy, my, I don't have to have pop, you know what I'm saying, my chips and stuff like that, and stuff that is unhealthy, but I have cut back on starting this podcast has also made me more aware, alert of what I'm eating and what I'm putting in my body, just because I'm interviewing people that are like you 47, been thriving for 27 years and yeah. look great. Don't look how the the age or what you typically would assume 47, you know, going on, you know, is a blessing. I want to get there and I want to be able to, but, but I'm, I'm, I can admit, first, I'm, I'm, I do fail in that area. So I love watching you because I uh, you you made this video and it was celery juice. And I said, if she doesn't go the green apple, she's gonna have to do something sweet. Like, how do you make it <laughs> like, what do you add to it? I don't know if you went, you are what else you just put in or if that was just straight celery.
0: I don't add anything to it. It's straight celery. It's pretty much one stalk of celery every morning. Um now and here now and then what I have been doing recently I've been um, putting ginger in it, fresh ginger with it. So yeah, ginger basically, if anything, ginger makes that baby more potent than anything else. But what ginger is also gonna do is it's gonna help support my immune system. Ginger is um, ginger, garlic, antiviral. If you're trying to boost your immune system, you need to infuse it with um, a lot of foods. Food, Natural food is your medicine. A lot of people want to, you know, take all these supplements and things that the body's not even processing. But if you can get the same thing from food. Okay. So that's pretty much what my celery is. Nothing. celery also helps me, helped, um keep my body alkalized. It also helps me with constipation. I think I've been constipated since I was born. <laughs> so- me too. I'm not, I'm,
2: me too. I'm not. They had me on uh, suppositories and all that, you know, so I can have a yes. regular. I'm like, yes. I definitely am that person because everybody in the house they can go frequently. And I'm like, oh, I don't go that often. Are you supposed to go that often, you know, like, and of course you are, yeah. you know, that toxic way. So, so, yeah, to, so
0: two things, yeah, two things there. So, you, you we, we got the juicing, um, cleaning up my diet that's helped make me um, more regular. And then also exercising. Exercising ain't about going out here, for me, going out here and sweating to where I'm just drenched.
2: Right.
0: Exercise for me is about moving my body the best that I can do based on that day. Because for those of us living with autoimmune disorders, we can wake up thinking that we got a whole plan or to-do list to-do list planned out yeah. and the body's like uh-uh that ain't happening so it's like okay well let me just at least try to show up and alter this and do what I can do that's what I do I mean that's I take beautiful. a picture of me showing up I mean I'm at Planet Fitness Some yes. days I'm able to get yes, on she the track definitely and... does
2: that's a good morning she definitely does yeah
0: that's my good morning she definitely
2: <laughs> does definitely does
0: but, it, but there's a term that movement is medicine. And it's so true because of the fact that the days that I do start off, my, um, start off with exercise, I am more energized. I don't feel as fatigued. I don't feel as much of, of a drag as I do when I don't. And so it's because, again, once you begin to kind of look at how your body responds to things, if you know your body responds well to it keep doing it and the, and another thing too is that you don't have to do everything at the same time start with one thing start with one thing and like consistently build upon that consistency is the key if you're trying to do everything all at once you're not going to be consistent with it Cause you're gonna be like, I, I'm not doing all this. The, the, the stress mm-hmm. of it alone is just too much to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh. This is too much. I'm not doing it. One thing, one thing, and then just build upon it. That's that's the key. That's what works for. It. That's what worked for me. Yeah. No, oh, I love
2: it. I think that uh, going. If I feel like you can be more keen to going to the gym if you. I just love how you said it. If you just go in, like you said, you show up and you do. What your body can do according to that day versus yeah. having the whole list of things that you normally do and getting overwhelmed because you haven't hit that area, you haven't hit that area, you haven't, hit that area, you haven't did that, you haven't did that. Um, yeah. I love it. just the type of you fan just showing up and doing what you can do now. If somebody was to call me and say, let's go to the gym and you just do what you can do, I'd probably be like, okay. But you know, when some like, oh, let's go to the gym. Okay, the way you work the gym, my body doesn't work like that.
0: <laughs> right. So, right. You know, <laughs> like, my
2: body doesn't work, my body doesn't work like that. And um, but I have been um before this, I was that. Uh, before this last it's so funny because um most people during COVID, um they gained weight and uh during COVID, they gained weight. But during COVID, I went through so much stress, I lost weight. So I'm used to being a curvy girl, but when I, one time, you know, the, the biggest I've been is between like a, a 17, 15, 17, and yeah, 17 was the largest. And then I worked all, that's after I got out the wheelchair, because I gained all that weight, but I literally was in the gym all the time. And I got down to a 15, down to 11, and now I'm down to this size, to everybody else it looks great but to me i'm used to being more of a curvy girl so i'm just trying to figure out and i'm not going to the gym so shout out to i don't know if i blame it on ms and stress or give me down to my summer body
0: okay. but her
2: getting up every day and going to the gym is always amazes me so now let's you know, i want hey if you can also mention uh can you please tell everybody. they can find you at before i start asking you these beautiful questions for your advice
0: yes yes so you can find me um on ig holistically managing ms um if you want to kind of get a little bit more in depth with how i live with ms join my facebook group it's holistically managing ms i pretty much kind of post and share things that are a little bit more personal and intimate about yeah. what's happening with me than I do on the IT page. Oh, I, I, do have a, I do have a website. I haven't done anything with it. It's holistically managing MS. I, I, again, I had all these big plans. It that's Yeah, it no, 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 it's but, fine. Um, everything is pretty much holistically managing MS. Facebook, Instagram, and my website.
2: Okay, I love it. So now let's talk about... Uh, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And what I mean, what are your strengths and your weaknesses with um, this battle? Where are you really good? How you I, I would say from this interview that you're really good about managing uh what goes in and out your body, but what are your weaknesses like what what is, how should I say, what symptom is a symptom that you have a hard time getting through, battling? On a day, Ooh. or a day, it doesn't have to be daily, but just in general.
0: Yeah, it, it it's going it's going to be um it's going to be my mobility. Um, when I had that real bad attack, uh, probably now been about seven or eight years ago, my legs never came back. And when I said they never came back, it you know how you hear about you know relapsing and remitting and MS. That you yeah. have this, you have this attack or this this flare up, and then yeah. it returns.
2: Yeah.
0: E- except mine never returned. So mm-hmm. with my legs, there's always a sense of numbness there, a permanent nerve damage. Um, it's the equivalent, and I tell people that don't live with the MS, I always use this as an example. It is the equivalent of walking on legs that are permanently asleep. Um, and so when I, when I, when I describe it that way, they're like, I said, you know, how your legs feel when they fall asleep, right? And they'll say, yeah, Mm it's like, okay, so imagine your legs feeling like that all the time. And they'll kind of look, I was like, okay, yeah, that's how my legs feel pretty much Mm -hmm. all the time. So that's my biggest, that's my biggest hurdle because it's like, and again, this is where the mental shift comes in because man, that self-talk is everything. Yes. there are times where I'm like, you know what, I need to just go on and throw in the, the, the I, I, why don't I just get myself a walker or why don't I just yeah. do this? Because I'm tired of my legs feeling like this. I'm yeah. tired. If, if, if it's going to be like this, I need to be comfortable in how I get around. But yeah. it's like the other side of it says, no, if you can still put one foot in front of the other, then keep moving keep moving. And that's, that's what it is. But that's, that's my biggest thing. My biggest thing is um, mobility and my legs and feet being constantly numb. And that, that degree of numbness varies from day to day.
2: Yeah. Um, I was definitely uh, the description. That's another great description of numb legs feeling like that all day every day I definitely um, agree with you I also have a walker I have a walker I, and I, which I call my Cadillac and I call my
0: <laughs> scooter
2: I call my scooter that I use when I go to the malls or the stores um and I, I have I have personally but my personal one I call my Maserati so I definitely agree with you I understand as far as the mobility issue now <laughs> what? Has this battle taught you about MS? Not, M- not MS, multiple sclerosis. What has the top me, Stacy?
0: Basically, it tells me that my spirit is stronger than I realize, and that's why I decided to focus the MS not so much on the physical challenges that I face, but I focus the MS for me is my spirit and the fact that regardless of the physical body that I have, that my spirit is is stronger than ever. Um in us first talking, Brandy, that's kind of what like when I saw you and talked to you, I didn't see MS. I saw your spirit, I saw your fight, I saw your energy. And okay. that's what I wanted people to see with. The whole thing of MS. I wanted them to see, I wanted them to see the fight. I wanted this to see yes. the resilience. And even in your son's song and how that song speaks to that fight. So for yes. MS, it's it's my strength. MS means my strength, my spirit. Because th- that's the essence of who we are. When we die, this physical body goes away. The spirit lives on. Very,
2: very, very what advice would you give to either the old you when you got diagnosed or people who are just getting diagnosed? And then what advice do you have as a whole?
0: So my advice to newly diagnosed people is to first um, know that your life is not over. That's what I, yeah, because pretty much when I first got di- diagnosed, I was just like, oh my God, life sucks. This is gonna be just a, a, a downward struggle from this point forward. No, it's not. Know that don't underestimate the resilience, the resiliency of the body, first and foremost. But you also too, you have to develop a plan of how you're gonna live with it. So that's gonna require education educate yourself on what works for you. There's so much out there now. You got like, eat this way, eat that way, do this, do that. And all of this information is gonna be like coming to you especially when you first diagnose, because you're gonna wanna know what do I do? Your doctor ain't gonna really tell you what to do except take these drugs. So, so that's what they're going to tell you here. Take yeah. two of these and yes. come back in six months. Yeah, but yeah. They, they, So they're not going to have, they're not going to be able to tell you how to uh, live your life. Join a support group. The National MS Society, they have support groups that really help you speak and connect with people that are on that same journey you know, and, and know, again, know that this ain't the end and know that this journey is pretty much going to make you stronger. That's my advice for um, recently diagnosed people. If I would have, when I look back to myself, like 30 years or actually what, 27 years living with this, 19, I would have told what I would tell myself, Is don't worry as much as as I've done throughout the years always worrying about what lies ahead as opposed to being present Mm -hmm. and and like and and being grateful for the blessing of now
2: yes I love it yes I love it Um, especially uh being present right now
0: because
2: I think think sometimes even uh myself, anybody, I think we always, when, especially when you especially get diagnosed, you're always concerned about what is this going to look like in the future? Yes. For me. Yes. And you get I'm not saying everybody does. I'm just saying I have been through this. You get um, fixated. I'm trying to see if that's the correct word. Fixated on what is what are my 40s? What are my 50s? What are my 30s? You know, where what are, what are my my late 40s? What are my 50s? I think we do that. Uh, and to just be present and to say, okay, today's a great day. I'm going to enjoy the day. And tomorrow might be worse, but if it's not as good as today, we'll just deal with it tomorrow.
0: I love it. Exactly. And, and, and to kind of piggyback on, on what you said about yeah. trying to figure out what, lies ahead or what may be in store for you as opposed to being present for me it was it was this sense of of trying to control the outcome of this thing instead of realizing that regardless of everything I do ultimately how this plays out is the way that it's supposed to play out and being at peace with it it took me a minute to get there mentally I woo. I struggle with that thing I struggle with that, and even still, it's just kind of like, what? I need to be at peace with the possibility that what lies ahead may be a wheelchair for me. And I'm like, yeah, because you got to know that even if that's the case, there are some badass people in wheelchairs I'm, that still live in their their life. I you going cute doing it. I
2: like, like I do. I look just look cute. I don't care. As
0: long See? as I can, yeah. can
2: decorate it, I have to. I have to the the, the 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 sporty. Uh, 2020 2020 model of uh that's why of the scooter and I it had to I actually cried when I got my scooter because
0: mm-hmm.
2: instead of looking how people would be like, oh my gosh, what are they gonna think? My breakdown was I was like, Thank you, Jesus, because I have something that now when I go to the mall, when I go to these stores it's, it's a place called Greenleaf or not Greenleaf Greenfield or something and it's like a home store you it's big it's like a warehouse for me I can't walk in a big warehouse like that to look at yeah. just all the different home signs so when I got this scooter I cried and I was like I can't I told my therapist like me and her have a long long-term relationship she's uh, been my physical therapist for a while I was like this gives me my freedom like I can go to those stores, I can go to the mall, I can go to the outlet, and I'm gonna yes. look cute in it, I'm gonna have fun, I'm VIP parking already, so I'm already gonna be <laughs> fun and VIP, and then I'm gonna put my little scooter together, hop it out of my trunk, and just zoom yeah. on, and just do it. it, you know, do, it just was a sense of relief, because I think people look so much of, How am I going to look? How am I this? What are people going to think? Yeah. Because I don't give a crap because people do not know that my legs feel like bricks are weighing them down three or 15 steps into the store or standing to look at clothes. I'm hunched over because my body is already drained. So for me, that was my freedom. So I don't care how it looks. Just watch me look cute while I stroll patch. So please excuse excuse my back. I don't have time for. It. I tell Love them, I, I don't it. worry yeah. about it. Just do you, and if anything, I don't. I'm not looking at our people looking at uh how uh, oh she's young or she's faking it. I'm looking at it as I want them to be like, man, is she oh she's dope. She looks fly. She was
0: cute.
2: I need that. I'm not worried about all the all that you would, oh she's young. She's that, and I had to accept that using the handicap sticker at a young age because. People will look at you crazy when you hop out the car and they'll think that you're using your grandparents. No, because what you don't know is I can walk into the store. But if I have depended on how long or what area I go to, what side of the store, it's hard for me to even make it to the car sometimes.
0: So yes.
2: That's why, you know, I encourage people to use those scooters. Take your hands and tires or- wipe down the scooter and use them. Or I, I, since COVID has been going on lately, I just posted, I used a scooter and just as a So I didn't have to break my scooter down and do all that. I use theirs, but just yeah. be comfortable. Like I said, I'm rolling VIP. All I'm worried about is rolling past you and you getting out my way. So
0: right, right.
2: <laughs> that is all I'm concerned about. I can care less about anything, but do you have anything else or any before? My favorite part of my podcast is to, be able to certify you one sick beat. But do you have any advice or, like I said, she um, said you can find her um, at Holistically holistically manage MS on Facebook. So um, if you want to see her journey or you need some encouragement, I would, uh, I advise anybody and I say this and people say, how are you doing this? How are you doing that on your podcast? Because I encourage, I encourage and I support anybody who makes people feel good. Or is willing to be open about their journey. So feel free to check out her um, her platform because that's the reason why I reached out to her. Because seeing her getting up, going to the gym at five in the morning, and eating celery juice with no green apples in there was encouraging <laughs> to me to see somebody just getting up there and at it every day and fighting and to do it. Because you know by day three I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. So to see her do that um, as a woman encouraged me. And like I said, I didn't even know that she was 27 years in. So do you have any advice or anything that you wanna say?
0: Uh, I do. First, again, thank you for the, um, the blessing of being able to be interviewed. And it was an honor because when you show up, I mean, when I show up, I, I didn't expect as many eyes to be on me as they have been. Mm. And like the, the support that I received, it's been overwhelming and I appreciate Mm. it. And my objective is to, you know, if me posting these pics and these images helps motivate and encourage people to do better, then I'm going to keep on doing it. Um, pretty much my advice to people living with MS is to, um, Take it one day at a time? Yes and and embrace the journey for what it is. Don't try to judge it and control it. Embrace the journey for what it is. Do the best that you can to support what your body needs on this journey. Basically, also too and I don't want to say basically, but above all else is a better description. Make sure you take care of your spirit. Holistically managing is holistically managing MS is about taking care of the essence of who you are, which is your spirit. I
2: love it. So this is my favorite part. Um, I like I said, I reached out to Megan um through her instagram um i wasn't aware of the group uh until i had spoke with her and her spirit and when i first spoke to her on the phone i was going through um of course uh, a flare-up or a good day bad day horrible day but i had reached out to her um and her spirit and her uh willing and openness to speak on my podcast, you know, just starting out, this is my first season it was a blessing to me. So I thank her for that, but I get to certify you 160. So Megan, Stacey, you are a strong individual and uh, you are 160. And the definition of 160 is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at them throws at you, say without warning, but you always say that to um, your spirit, and you don't carry the spirit of brokenness. So you are definitely the definition of a strong, of one should be a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at you without warning, but you never refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. I'm sorry, I was trying to like, Internalize, add you in there somewhere, uh, without uh, messing up my own definition. But I thank you, uh, Stacy. For coming
1: on my podcast, and I certify you don't like sick beats. Okay. So thank you for coming you on my podcast. It's so it it. you. okay, you, you want it. So, it. you got some in your life that's gonna make you want it. I know you got some people uh, by your side you know, when you look into the eyes. Know, all you ever sure do is smile because they make you work. already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help. You used to offer service. not alone, not by yourself. Now don't forget that you always fighting, always fighting for the get back and you always trying, always grinding, and I'm with that. You're such a fighter, and your strength is where your gift's at. You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform. When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the guys strongest soldiers to war. Like God sent the strongest soldiers. To you war. know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform. And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the guys strongest soldiers to war. Yeah, God sent the strongest soldiers to war.